please stand by for another episode of Wired Shut. As uh, so the Ukrainian plane that crashed, yeah, all of the passengers are confirmed to have been killed. 170 uh, deceased. It was 170, I thought it was 180 before. Yeah, it says at least 170, so. State TV earlier said there were 180 crew on board. The discrepancy could not be immediately reconciled. So it is about 170, over 170, less than 180. But they can't confirm exact numbers because. Because they specified the Russian sleep this experiment was just an accident. Was that? Uh, Have they get confirmed it's just an accident? Uh, so said they haven't really expanded upon it any more than just saying the crash is suspected to have been caused by mechanical issues without elaborating. Right. An investigation team from the National Aviation Department was dispatched to the location after the news was announced. He said rescuers were trying to collect the dead. Flight data from the airport showed uh, it took off Wednesday morning, then stopped sending data almost immediately afterwards. The airline did not immediately respond to a request of comment. So did it go blackout and then crash? Interesting. Because yeah. normally it's... Do the planes continue to send data regardless of them going down, or is that usually the first sign of them going down? Um, I think there's a, like a loss of connection that, mm. but I, I mean the, the the black box and everything should well that, yeah that's just a, that should have everything it's, it'll just be a local connection surely yeah mm. I, um in unless bleak news um, mm. I watched that. Train to Busan movie last night. Oh yeah, thoughts. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, I heard that it was a thing, but it's the Korean it's a one, yeah? Korean zombie movie. Yeah, I haven't. I've I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. It is it serious or is it? Yes, like, it is. Okay. Um, but it's it's serious and it's Zack Snyder zombie kind well, of way. It's like it's 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 the only zombie movie I've seen where you just like the second you see zombies, you're just like, all right, we're not getting out of this alive. Oh right, because they move at like speed. Or... They they sprint. You change into a zombie in about thirty seconds from bite. Oh Jesus! Okay. Um, and they they they're almost. When was that Brad Pitt zombie movie? World War Z. Um, yeah. Possibly the same year? 2016? 2013. Oh, three years before. Oh, geez. So, okay. so presumably this cribs some of that visually. But the, the zombies do the same thing where they'll like pile up and run into it's, each other and clamber over themselves. each other. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's got a 4.9 out of 5, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus. 
Okay. Yeah. Need to watch yeah, this it's thing. a really good movie. Um, Variety. Series, all the it? main characters are really good. Mm. It's it does do what a lot of zombie movies and games and stuff do, where it weirdly fluctuates between really deep and really face value um, characterization. Mm. Like some people are shitty for no apparent reason, like in all zombie movies, it's just that I'm an angry person. I'm going to get the other people killed because I'm I dangerous. And I'm also not no going to tell people, reasons. you know, I'm not going to tell anyone what, when I get bit. Yeah. Like just like that Marsha to... Gay Harden character from, um, mist. mist. Yeah. Just aggressively evil for no apparent reason. Just a very Stephen but, King archetype of like, here's the um, here's the town bitch. She's going to be a town bitch yeah, all the way through, but, but she'll get her comeuppance. At least that movie's like a, it's it's almost a borderline Shakespearean. The mist, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone has their role their role to play, right? You've got the um, yeah, you've got those uh, Shakespearean bits to it. Uh, as an allegory of class rebellion and moral polarization, it proves just as biting as the sci-fi dystopia Snowpiercer while delivering even more unpretentious fun. <coughs> yeah, that's that's pretty bloody accurate. Um, it's also like something that I've never seen in a zombie thing before. They don't, they can't see in the dark. Oh, right, okay. Night and not being able to see people attack, to attack just pacifies them. Right, so they go with that. They add to that uh, zombie uh, kind of rule in this world. Yeah, so there's no like, there's no, there's no like sight. they smell you or they sense you or they they will move based on sounds. Yeah, but like they showed at one point, um, zombies were all raging, and mm. he noticed a little earlier that that. You know, when it's like when they went through a tunnel, the zombies wouldn't see them. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think it's some lady. She like throws a bunch of water on the window of the train door to the next carriage and just starts um, slapping newspaper all over it. Oh yeah. And as soon as the zombies can't immediately see the people, they just stop fighting. Hmm. They just stop stop clawing at them, stop caring. Um, and they. Because they're mostly on a train, so obviously they don't have a lot of deviation from a singular path. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time when they're like doing that, we need to get from this carriage to this carriage, it's like, um, we just, yeah. So, you know, there's a, um, there's a, dark and everyone. there's an animated prequel film that was released a week later. To this? Yeah, called Soul Station, as in like the city of Soul. It serves as a oh. prequel to the live-action film Train to Busan by the same director taking place in and around the Soul Station. A young runaway woman must try to survive in a world that sees her as disposable. The story revolves around two main characters. Sakyu, a father who searches for his runaway daughter, only to discover she has become a prostitute. Just as he is about to be reunited with her, the pandemic or the epidemic breaks out. Oh. It's only got three characters. Um... And it's been reported that 100% of critics have given it positive reviews. Wow. With an average rating of 7.1 out of 10. That's impressive. You just released it alongside the actual film. 
essentially, like a week apart. I, I didn't know. Or maybe that. even no, animation is much of a thing in Korea. Yeah, well, yeah. It doesn't I mean, seem like. A well, I mean, they do like you know, Koreans make The Simpsons, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, the switch shops, yeah. Um, it, it's an hour and a half long. The the Soul Station animated one. Yeah, it's longer than the. I um, know oh the other ones, one hundred eighteen minutes or two hours. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's released less than a month later. Weird. It's really like electric. Mm. Just the. Uh, I I don't think since there is a sequel coming as well. Oh shit! Nice. But I, I don't think since maybe like twenty eight days later has a zombie movie been that like engaging, visceral, and, and just terrifying, just scary, just good. Yeah. Although, um, you know, twenty eight days later has that same Danny Boyle third act that all Danny Boyle movies have, where like reality breaks down and everyone's confused. Oh, right. There's a, a third act where it just becomes like a music video. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. And it's just playing like a dun, 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 type of music. Yeah. Like, same thing with Sunshine. Um, what's another Danny Boyle movie? The other 28 Days Later? 28 Days Later. 28 um, Weeks. 28 Weeks. Uh, the. I was going to say 500 Days of Summer, but. <laughs> what's the one with James Franco and his arm getting chopped off? 127 Hours? Yeah. That was also Danny Boyle, wasn't it? Yeah, but I was I'm not I was just trying to think whether that does a Oh Slum Dog Millionaire has the like third act where some people are just running while music's playing. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, hundred twenty seven hours does it at the the point where he finally does it and starts to like get away from where he was or find you know, I'm pretty sure like it's smaller, but they do do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh, it's the same director coming back for the sequel by the look of it. Oh, that's cool. Um, Dude's good at what he does. I really want to see that Korean movie, um, Parasite, that everyone's talking about. Oh, by the guy who did Snowpiercer. Yeah. Was it? It's been Bong J. I said Bok? It's like Bong J. Woon or something. Bong J. Ho. I mean, I'm. I'm not racist. I just don't understand <laughs> Korean naming conventions yeah. yet. Um, yeah. He did Snowpiercer and Oksha. And the host yeah, Oksha was good. Tokyo. Bong Joon Hu, that's him. Yeah. Um, so the guy who did the zombie, Train to Busan, he did a 2018 film as well that you should probably watch then. Uh, it was released on Netflix. Oh, oh, it was later released on Netflix. Um, Psychokinesis. It's a superhero film revolving around a bank security guard who gains telekinetic superpowers after drinking water from a mountain spring affected by a meteor and decides to use them for saving his estranged daughter and her neighborhood from an evil construction company. Wow. Uh, critical reception, four out of five stars. Um... It is unapologetically aware that this isn't uh, Captain America. It's not Superman. It's his own thing doing his, like, it's it's the uh, director, average Joe with above average abilities, doing his own thing. Oh, the criticism is it's IMDb is only like a 5.9. It says the only pity is that Psychokinesis isn't receiving a theatrical release outside of Korea. 
Despite it about being an ultimately mundane conflict, it's filmed with the same energy and grand sense of scale of any recent blockbuster. Maybe it's a little silly, but all superhero films are. Um, it turns out pretty strange, but absolutely rewards you for sticking with it. It'll also make you want to run, not walk, to track down this previous film. Um, I like that. Um, did you see at the Oscars or whatever, um, Bong Joon-ho said in regards to, like, he said, People need to learn to read, be able to read subtitles so that they can experience foreign films. There's a whole lot out there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you fucking tell them. Um, ready or not, I finally got around to watching. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, the girl that um, has to play hide and seek with the rich people because she's trying to marry the dude. All right, that was... Um... It's like a weird comedy horror thing. Yeah, it has it, for some reason I watched the trailer and thought, "Is that Margot Robbie?" It's not Margot Robbie. It just looks it's, like it's not. It's just a different girl from Home and Away. <laughs> Margot um, Robbie, and it's got away, Adam right? Brody and uh, yeah, Andy McDowell. Oh, Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. Uh, it it is good. It looks really vapid if you just. Like take it at face value mm. based on the marketing. Yeah, the marketing made it, it seem is... like it was Happy Death Day or something. Well, for a start, Death Day is actually a great movie. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I've, I'm sure I probably talked about that like a year or two ago when I saw it. Oh, I, I don't listen to. Ah, okay. To you yeah. when you talk. <laughs> <laughs> I neither listen to the recordings yet, nor you when you actually speak to me. Um, it is. Yeah, Ready or Not is is really, really well paced. It builds really well. Surprisingly, the main character has a very effective arc, emotionally. Um, Hmm. She, like, reasonably effectively tries to save herself and doesn't, like, make intentionally dumb decisions just so she can end up in more danger for the sake of the film. Like, it actually it's competently written um it has a good like so the the whole premise is that um the only reason this family is rich and it sort of implies that a lot of families are rich by this way that they've their ancestor met a guy on a boat ride that was basically satan and played a game with him mm. and was given this puzzle box thing and every time a new member is added to the family, they have to play a game. Um, most of the games available to them are just generic, like, board games that aren't dangerous at all. Right. But if somebody draws hide-and-seek, then it means they literally have to murder that person in a ritual before sunrise, or else they all presumably lose. the family dies. All right. Huh. Um. But what the trailer doesn't carry across is that these people aren't actually wanting to kill her. Mm-hmm. Like They're all like, well, we have to because we're afraid and we don't want to die, but we don't really want to kill her. Um, like the mum's walking around going, I, I did actually like you. I'm sorry about this. And then like shooting at it. <laughs> oh, I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Like one of them what year is it's it? Like 
Monday. Monday? Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, they just, they just are using ancient weapons because that's what they have adorning their, like, hunting room in the main house. They're all dressed like... Oh, they're just all dressed in wedding attire. Yeah, they're okay. just twats and rich people. Yeah. Um. The the like yeah the brother-in-law gets handed a crossbow, so then goes, sits down in the bathroom and starts um, watching YouTube videos about how to use a crossbow. Then <laughs> <laughs> okay, his mate texts him, so he starts texting his mate, and he's basically just trying to wait out the entire evening in the bathroom and not take part. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Brody's like the cool but fuck up older brother um, that's a pretty pretty much just an alcoholic that squanders money and his wife is just a um, just some person that was I think hot but from a shitty background that married him just because he was rich right. and they hate each other yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wasps the the younger daughter is like a you know a, a completely broken fuck uppy mess of a rich kid that just can't do anything right and freaks out and cries and takes pills and cocaine and shit and her parents are constantly trying to like um tell her she's she's great and she's fine and she she doesn't need help and she's all good she um i think she's what's she given is it a has she got a crossbow maybe or got some other gun and she accidentally kills two of their three maids. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just gets handed weapon, goes, oh, there she is, bang, and then it's, it was just a maid trying to come and help or something like that. <laughs> oh. Um, beautiful. And yeah, the it, it surprisingly sells all the emotion on her part. Hmm. Like they're basically all comic comic reliefly shitty people yeah, yeah. that yeah are half assing it and couldn't really care less, but ultimately don't really want to kill her one because it's difficult and they don't want to, and two because they were all kind of fine with her as a person yeah yeah um and they were just sort of hoping that the marriage would happen and that would be it um. But she is actually genuinely terrified for most of the movie, and yeah. it's it's quite as you should be. <laughs> yeah, but it, it almost plays off really well against their style, which is not. It it adds an an almost feels like an unintentional depth to the movie. Yeah, yeah. where you're like, this is potentially inadvertently or on purpose, and just is not being sold as that. Sells a greater depth to the film than it should have, right? Because it's it's like they're so flippant, and she's yeah, genuinely like you. You will experience the you believe the amount of terror she's in. Mm. It does. Um. So it sounds like it's doing the same kind of um unnerving calmness that a lot of like you've been tricked to be here, sort of thing. We're gonna quietly, calmly murder you or do something like horrific to you because we've always done it that way and we're really relaxed about it but it does it a little bit it comes yeah it's a lot there is vaguely like a um we're all fed up about doing this we're like this is just a way of life to us at this point we don't see you as a person but you know yeah sorry yeah that yeah i mean there's a part where she like runs out into the street and she's like bleeding and injured and she needs help and she's like waves out for help and um, 
I think like a, it's like a jag or something stops and looks at her and she like, is, oh, you help, please help me get out of here. You just hear them speed off. Their music's playing really loud, and somebody says something like "fucking drunk bitch" or something. <laughs> like the, and she goes, "Ah, rich people." <laughs> it just, yeah, it's 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 sarcastically ripping on one percenters as much as it is weirdly like, almost like eyes wide shut for the modern era. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's rather than bowing into the mystique of rich people in their secret societies that people don't understand it's just nah fuck these people they're all basically like vaguely inbred douchebags which i mean yeah so many of the last like 10 years worth of movies where uh, um not horrors but tv shows and like 50 shades of gray and fucking revenge and um, pretty much every CW show puts like families in extreme wealth, and main characters are um, genuinely of, generally of like well stock and and old money, and yeah, um, you mean to sympathise with these beautiful, also rich people, and it's just like, how are these even relatable? And yet people watch that shit. So I don't know. yeah. Yeah, it's shit luck. So now it's finally coming full circle where people are... I I surprisingly followed and enjoyed more than I thought I would Crazy Rich Asians. Well, that's again, that's kind of a newer thing, though. So it's kind of starting to buck the trend of uh, just accepting that these people are rich because this studio wanted to film in this amazing, elaborate place and have amazing costumes. um, Yeah. But I, I... was I listening to something the other Oh, was that Kevin Smith show you put me on to us? I liked um, that they realized like sort of through something an audience member says and inadvertently um Kevin sort of comes to the realization that um the the Skywalker franchise is kinda like you can be great and do amazing things in the galaxy if you're born to the right family yeah 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 yeah. i love that and then the only movie that tries to buck that trend is the one that they retconned like the movie after it happened (laughs) because yeah i i I don't know well that's basically what they were talking about right it was um it was fine, but they could have done so much more if they thought about it this way. And everyone else is like, "Oh yeah, you're right." I am disappointed in that now. Why but I, I also that? came away from that Kevin Smith show really angry about how much everyone liked that movie. The new one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It, I just was like, well, what, what? What interests you, people? What do you think is a good movie? If you liked that, yeah, it, it sits the. I mean, I'm, so I'm not. Low. Yeah, I, I was about to say I'm not trying to be a crotchety old cunt because I kind of am a crotchety old cunt. But what? What was there to enjoy in this? And why does everyone keep saying it's fan servicey? It was the what opposite about of fan that service. movie was fan service. It was the opposite of fan service. It, it wasn't giving fans what they wanted at all. It was just rehashing old material that people thought the fans wanted, but they didn't. Yeah, but the way everyone just started all saying that this movie is fan service 
made me wonder whether that was just like a Disney um, press release talking point that everyone just latched onto. Like, we don't have a choice about making this. The fans wanted it. Yeah. I was like, no, they didn't. You bought this. The fans apparently wanted Chewie to get a medal from somebody for some reason. Yeah, and yet another droid, and yet another. It was just. And, and C3PO lost his memory and gave a hero sacrifice, but then. Didn't. Didn't. And. Um, He'd already had his memory wiped once in the chronology, so it's kind of just a thing that happens to him. Yeah, so big deal. And um, as somebody quite rightly pointed out, he got his memory wiped up till before the (laughs) Ryan Johnson (laughs) Star Wars movie. And also, you need Billy D. Williams to show up and save the day instead of, you know, the several other new characters who played the Billy D. Williams type role in this movie to do the same thing. No, we're just going to. Bring back one more person from the original one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, I also watched today. If anything, you should have had him show up and immediately die to protect the others, so they could continue their journey to do what they needed to do. Like, if I, anything, I, if they were going to be retreating old ground, it should have been like, oh shit, this is this is the last hail mary we've got. Everyone yeah. from the old world is going to throw their their bodies down to make sure it works this time. Yeah. And they do. I, I was perfectly happy for Chewie to die in that ship explosion yeah, I, that Ray did accidentally. I think I said that last time. I was just like, oh shit, they're actually doing something daring. No, no, they're not. No, it's, he's fine. As the kid sitting right beside me that was like fucking bloody um, nerd creaming every time something Star Warsy happened, which I hate that type of shit, but the kid was like, there were two spaceships, Chewie's in the other one. Oh, wow, he caught it immediately. Wow. Yeah. If, if, he if, re- a, if he didn't just read If a seven-year-old kid could work that out. Yeah. Oh, that, or he just read it online before we going to see the movie. Um, yeah, true. But, yeah, still it. Yeah. yeah. And then um, he didn't so proceed what's... to do really anything in that movie after that, right? He just was there. Yeah, he he, he got captured and then they saved him. but. They didn't. Did they achieve anything on that mission? Um. Oh. The important thing to remember about this movie is that I know they went places to collect things, but I don't remember where those places were. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what they were collecting. I don't remember whether they got what they were collecting, and I don't know which order any of those things happened in. Mm. And I'm normally pretty photographic with movies. With plot points, yeah. In my memory. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's just shit flying at you at faster and faster speeds until credits roll. Even the, the opening crawl seemed weirdly short and confusingly written. Yeah. It didn't have the same tone as the other ones, right? So No. It, the last it was, one opened it was like, a, just, like... The last Jedi one opened with like, boom, Luke's missing. Or like, he's like... <laughs> Yeah, and it's not the um, prequel ones that were all like two stanzas. At <laughs> <laughs> the trade least, they moved slowly. The trade Federation and then the trade negotiations on Naboo. Yeah, I mean, they literally had when when Chewie cries out because Leia's died. Doesn't he basically find out? Cries, falls to his knees, smacks the ground, and then it cuts. 
don't remember. I don't remember. It, either that or some characters in the foreground have a conversation and it pulls focus from it. Or... Do people uh, run up and, like, help them? Camera pulls away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like it just sort of happens. And they pointed out, like, why does Chewie and Lando... Why does Chewie not see Lando and go like, Lando, fuck, literally everyone we've ever liked is dead now. It's been 30 years, man. How you been? Or like, it's been yeah. 10 years. Leia just died. Luke died. Yeah. Han died. All in the space of a couple of years because of some random cultists who come from nowhere and then got beaten and then didn't get beaten. Well, it's just like, hey, Lando, where, where have you been? Got a magic army. Yeah, hey, Lando, where have you been the last two films? Oh, what do you mean? Like, before those two films, I was hanging out with Luke, during doing Luke stuff. Uh, and then I've just been here for the last two movies. What are you guys up to? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Oh. Um, so... Is is some yeah? I was watching the um, slightly red media review of Mandalorian. Now that the since they've established slight before we continue with this, uh, since they've established yeah. that um, Lando will fuck anything and everything that moves, is it safe to? Is assume? he hitting on that um, ex stormtrooper girl? I think it implies. I would have thought. Ah, oh, that's actually his daughter. That's what I would have thought, and he didn't realize. I heard the implication was supposed to be that maybe that's a Disney Plus series. Yeah, yeah. The, the um, whatever. I say whatever. Recently cancelled my Disney <laughs> Plus subscription. Whatever um, troop, all of those stormtroopers were part of, like that would be the name of yeah. the show or something. And they're all force sensitive, and so they're all going looking through the galaxy trying to find their parents or something. Um, and then they yeah. hire the Mandalorian. Yeah, um, yeah, and the fact that they're force sensitive is apparently why none of the people, um, Finn included, got indoctrinated properly. Yeah, because they could, they connected, they could feel, or they had basic, also, they had basic empathy <laughs> for living things, yeah. and that makes them yeah. force sensitive. Honestly, that makes them immune to being Nazis. Honestly. And also, but Captain Phasma just is dead. They didn't even show up to fight her, did they? Like, she wasn't in this. No, she just like didn't she fall in a hole or something during an explosion? I don't. Why can't I remember? No, I don't know. It's just a blur. But like, can we? It's because they're they're really all I think about when I think about my memories of these movies is shit happening really quickly, and I can't lock it lock in any like shot in my head. Whereas I can, I can see like. In my head right now, I can see Luke looking at his burning parents, his burning like uh, aunt and uncle's house, and then looks at his face and like how his facial expression is. And you know, you remember the music in place. Mm-hmm. I remember what it looks like when they swing from that thing to the thing. I remember when um, old Kenobi's like doing his little thing where he turns off that machine. Yeah. Uh, it's all. It's it's. I think it's just they've fast forwarded those movies so much to try and stop you from ever focusing on any one thing and keep some semblance of pace, which confuses me because I thought that we'd basically worked out the exact rate that a movie had to happen at. Already. Yeah, we did, but like studios will squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze to get as much in there as possible, and. I mean, but, you see it with TV it shows, right? They'll 1.25 the, speed everything nowadays because um, 
especially when yeah. it's on repeat, so they can fit more ads in. And that's why is the, so much is the cause of movies TV. changing because everything's an extended universe now, so it has to have more additive content and more characters and more toy guess, sales but like, opportunities but and shit or what? It is. Well, it used to be back in the day that it was all just about toys. toys so you'd be able to sell an action figure of X, Y, and Z, and that was a very Star Wars thing that pioneered yeah. that, essentially. But um, yeah, nowadays it's about, oh, well, let's lay all of these things out so that we can uh, license them for extended universe TV shows. Like we'll, we'll see what things will dilute the playing field so much and see which things capture people's imagination. And then we'll like yeah. tease instances of... It's, it's like the, the film release is actually a focus test for all the merchandise they want to like see. They went, they went back through and, and pulled things that the old movies and the old worlds didn't really tease any more than being like, that was a really cool character, underutilized, oh well, like Darth Maul. Yeah. And then they throw him in a movie 20 years later. For like yeah. one scene. I'm like, what's the point of that? You're just like, who cares? <laughs> Unless yeah. you're going to make and, a movie and about everything him, no one gives is... a shit. I always hated the Star Wars extrapolation logic for everything, where it's like the Millennium Falcon. No, it's not just a weird-looking ship. It's a Karelian YT-class freighter, and it comes off a production line, and there's a bajillion ships that look like slight variations on it. Mm. You could probably just buy another one, but no Star Wars movie has ever shown another one. Um, And, you know, like, no, Boba Fett isn't just Boba Fett. He's wearing Mandalorian armor, and Mandalorians are this race. That, every single individual character or piece of technology gets extrapolated into being like a, I think. Yeah, which is, you know, it's fine to do if you then use those characters in interesting ways, but to bring Darth, but it's, bring Darth Maul back it, to be like a mob boss, like the only reason people like Darth Maul is because he fight. He, he was a cool fighter. Like people like but it's, his acrobatics. It, it so doesn't bring him back. Star to fight Wars other Jedi. pretends to be a universal scale, but it's not. No, no. So imagine if everyone on Earth actually had a weird franchise backstory and was a race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, that's that's what Star Wars is doing, and that's why it feels so weird and unearned and illogical. And every planet they blow up crappy. never feels like they have more than maybe a thousand people on that planet. Like you can't show yeah. billions of people, but you should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a start, Star Wars is, you know, planets for some reason only have one biome when <laughs> we exist on a planet that has every single biome that's ever been shown on any Star Wars planet all at once. We We're going to hide things on this ice planet. We're gonna hide. I like the backstory of Tatooine, though. Have you read about that? No. Um, the reason it's a desert, like they didn't retcon it, but they they extrapolated why it's a desert planet. Um, is it a dead environment from some weapon or something? Yeah, like super weapons from um, different warring species. See, it's it's down. not a good it's not a good backstory if I can guess it right yeah. first go. Well, what's the easiest way to get an entire planet full of sand? I don't know, nuke it. Yeah, it's well, basically what they did. Like the. Um, the Sand People and the Jawa were originally one race, uh, but then their planet got like bombed to shit, and the environment got glassed, and then the glass eventually became sand. And over time, the one species of uh, uh, whatever the fuck they were uh, split into the Jawa and the Sand People. So, so cool. Thank you. Okay. For, thank you for sharing. But 
Um, but the Jawas um, have been shown on non-Tatooine planets. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, this was like ten, you know, probably millions of years, or you know, tens of thousands of years, where they like diverted. So they probably have gone off-world since then, but they are uh, native to Tatooine. Oh, yeah. Well. Uh, but um, the, the, the same people are essentially meant to be like Native Americans or like native species whose planet got destroyed, so they hate technology. But I thought they grab all technology they can find, or is that... That's the Jawa. The Jawa is pilfer, and the same people who... Um, they just break shit. They'll just break shit and blow it up and kill, murder, and go live in their little huts. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... I feel like the Tusken Raiders, for some reason, are... Well, those are the same thing, they, aren't they? they? Yeah, same people, Tusken Raiders, yeah. But the um, Tusken, they seem more... Oh, what was I going to say? They seem like one of the more authentic races on Star Wars. Yeah. Like, something about them, they seem like you should... They, they I don't know what it is. They just seem more... I think it's because they are just things that live in the hills. Yeah, yeah. Whereas every other Star Wars race is, for some reason, excessively spacefaring. Yeah, I'm surprised. Have they done a? Um, have they shown a, a Tusken Raider who eventually became a Jedi? You know, they, they do those with those random uh, species where they're like, oh well, you know, there was like a there was a Wookiee who was force sensitive and he had a lightsaber and stuff. Like Chewbacca is not the only Wookiee, guys. Come on. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, there was one. Sherrod Het was a powerful male human Jedi Knight who lived during the decades of relative peace prior to the invasion of Naboo. He sired a son in this period and continued to lead the Tuscans into the Jedi sent a representative to retrieve him. Ki Arimundi. Ooh, from the prequels. <laughs> Wait, so was hang on, are all Tuscan Raiders humans? Yeah, they're humanoid. But it's describing them as, hang on. They have human faces on them. I know, Sharon Hitch was just a um, an exiled Jedi who lived with the Tusken Raiders. Right. Hmm. Oh, like animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. I hate them. Classic. So there is, yeah, Darth Crate, who was a sand people. Jedi turned Sith and he looks like a normal person. How oh, yeah, he was also down. an image where they have more like um, they have faces like the bad guy from Harry Potter but with brown skin. Right. So they are human, they just live as raiders essentially? Um, they Tusken just... raiders descend from a different race but there's not really Oh. It has him. Yeah, it is. Yeah. In the in Star Wars Legends, Tuskens are actually a fairly diverse race. A lot of the tribes consist of kidnapped children. Right. Okay. So, so, so they're probably more like Mandalorians, where it's just they're a bunch of it's a way of life, outcasty people. They're not really. Yeah. So, so I I don't know what the um, going. Darth Crate's Plot armor just looks is. like he's um, the fucking bad guy from Mortal Kombat. 
<laughs> so, is Mandalorian is does the baby Yoda exist as a clone of Yoda because the Empire was trying to clone force sensitive people in order to bring Sidious back? Um, I'd like to think so, but it might just end up being like, hey, you know how Palpatine fucks? Yeah, Yoda also fucks. Just dumb. No, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's... So Yoda banged Yaddle? <laughs> yeah, I just seems so. Um, no, it's because that, that's the thing. I, yeah. again, I didn't remember that until I saw that uh, prequel Kevin Smith show thing. Yeah, there is a female of Yoda's species in the prequels, yeah. is on the um, on the Jedi Council, in that Clone Wars, I think. Um, yeah, but they don't, I don't, nobody seems to know what their species are. Is um, yeah, no, they don't really. I think Lucas was adamant he never wanted to explore that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if and, it's a, uh, Baby Yoda's a clone or if it's just another like species that they found and like, holy shit, there's more of these things? We thought they were all gone. Because they're 900 yeah. years old and they breed like turtles, you know, once every 100 years. And it's established that a 50-year-old one is still completely useless. And the only ones that potentially um, did grow old enough to fuck uh, commit themselves to the way of the Jedi who don't fuck. So how do they breed? Yeah. Yeah. I know within the extended universe it was very heavily stated that Yoda's race are all extremely Force-sensitive. Yeah, exactly. They just are a very Force-sensitive race, but given that this is technically Disney, I don't think I'll go down that route. Um, but the what is season two of The Mandalorian? They haven't really discussed it. They've just said that it is happening. Because is it going to shift to First Order stuff? Well, it's only set five years after the fall of the Empire, so um, yeah. if anything, it might cross over with um, the Obi-Wan series. Because that's set during the same time. Like five or ten years after the fall of um, the Jedi. And because they're, oh. cast, they're casting like a young um, young Luke and Leia, apparently. and Or young Luke and... Uh, what's his name? Uh, the dude who played Uncle Owen in the prequels. He's famous now. Um, um, Joel Edgerton. Not who? Joel... Uh, Egerton? Yeah, Joe Egerton. Yeah, he's he's playing. He's reprising his role as Uncle Owen in the Obi Wan series. Oh shit! Yeah, I saw a thing that was pointing out that uh, Obi, uh, not Obi Wan, Ewan McGregor currently has Episode Two. Ewan McGregor here. Oh, Clone Wars here. Yeah. So are they? potentially like staggering things time-wise to like piece together different things that he did during that time i mean cool if he did well they how do you do are that they without... cutting back to clone wars era stuff maybe if they are cool but you'll have to also bring in hayden christensen surely he's just a simple farmer <laughs> you leave you leave hayden christensen alone <laughs> he's done enough <laughs> is he just a farmer now yeah he, he quit acting to be a farmer he, he like spent his Star Wars movie on a farm, I believe. But he's um he went the George Lucas ranch way and just started a ranch. I, I think he literally farms. 
But what about uh, what about Jumper? We're not going to get Wait, a what? Of Jumper. He was married to Rachel Bilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But not anymore. No. Oh, poor guy. He has a kid. Huh. Um. Uh, yeah, he's one of those people that just became a slightly wrinkly looking teenager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't really get old. Yeah. Basically, what you assume um, Orlando Bloom's going to look like once the money runs out. Yeah. Or, or he'll or just money run out. be a elf man forever. Elf man. Well, no, he was on that um, Amazon Prime show where he. He seems to be slightly trying to slide his way into a more of a... A Jude Law type? Yeah, or even potentially slightly Tom Hardy-ish. Oh, okay. Like Tom Hardy taboo show. Yeah, but like Tom Hardy's proper white trash, so... Yeah, yeah, Tom... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you only need to see anything that he's posted on social media ever, and it's just all him shirtless and drunk. Yeah. Dogs and tattoos, and just looking, just looking sweaty, just like, but like yeah, a greasy yeah. kind of sweat. And and with at least three other friends that look exactly like. Him. Like I've just been working out in my basement with my friends, listening to death metal. Yeah, kind of sweat. Yeah. What 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 what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm before I'm around the mash. All right, the must have met during jump. Who did he meet during Chopper? Jumper. Rachel Bilson. Um, oh, she was in that movie? Yeah. Was Samuel L. Jackson in that movie? Was he the black yes. guy hunting them? He was, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Doug Lyman. Oh, yeah, the Jumper director was the guy who did Egypt Tomorrow. Right. And uh, The Born Identity, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Jumper, Edge of Tomorrow, and American Made. Okay. Which I haven't seen oh, American well. Made. But Him and Rachel Bilson were together, then they broke up, then they were dating again, then she had their baby, then they separated. <laughs> hey, you know what will save this um, relationship? A baby? And yeah, what? then... And- no, in 2007, he bought a farm in Uxbridge, Ontario. He noted in 2008 that he had been renovating the property himself and devoting his time to learning livestock, crops, and ag- agricultural machinery. Bless him. <laughs> he released a men's clothing line with some Canadian company inspired by his farm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all fucking full of that. If, if, that, sounds if like I, a, that sounds like that's something he gave to Rachel Bilson to do <laughs> while he was playing with tractors. If if I had the money for it, I would absolutely have a stupid farm. I thought you were going to say, reason. if I had the money for it, I would totally have a Rachel Bilson. <laughs> and yes. give her things to do. Off and on again, then child, then off again. Yeah. Permanently off. Um... All right, Jamie Bell is the other jumper. Um, have you seen Rocket Man? Rocket Man. as a film, it just it, it runs circles oh, around. Fucking. I was thinking um, the the Rocketeer. 
<laughs> With the Wilson brothers. <laughs> yes. Oof. Um, no, but Rocket Man is genuinely a good, like, in the age after Walk Hard of the Dewey Cox story, you can't really do musical biopics anymore. Yeah. Uh, without being well, ultimately creative about Walk it. Walk Hard was both an amazing parody and the best of all of those movies. Yeah. It was way more cool and watchable than Walk the Line. Yeah, yeah. It did all the right things. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. Holy shit, that was a good movie. Um, but no, Rocket Man's a good time. It's it's constantly breaks the fourth. Like, does it break the fourth wall? It jumps time quite a lot. It, it um, bleeds his most famous songs into just his life events instead of just telling you the time he wrote this and had a massive smash hit with this particular song. But then fell into yeah, drugs. Yeah, it's, it's more like a musical, eh? Yeah, yeah. Like it, 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 it sort of, yeah, blends like as literally what you said. It blends the the songs into his life as opposed to just here's when I recorded this song and I just started like singing it as I thought of it in a very unrealistic. Yeah. Well, and it has characters he's playing with singing his songs to him. Yeah. Um, in response to like. Obviously, classic musical moments where like the emotions reach a certain tipping point, so somebody has to sing through their feelings. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, granted, I watched a movie that picked apart the shitty editing of it before I watched it, so that probably helped. But um, the Freddie Mercury one. Yeah, I was going to say this runs circles around that. That was garbage. It just wasn't good. No. And and. It was really one of those movies where everyone around you looks at you funny if you say it's not good. Yeah. Was it all very so, clearly written by committee by the surviving members of Queen who wanted to tell a yes. very particular story about how I, much more I important I explained that to somebody and they yeah. basically just tried to um, imply I was being hateful for some reason. Yeah. So, no. Look, fucking read about it. It would have been Sasha Baron Cohen if they had just made it a Freddie Mercury biopic. Yeah, and he wanted to do show the drugs and the sex and everything, and they barely touched on that. Whereas the um, Rocket Man Rocket is Bell. all about the fucking drugs, man. He, he just oh yeah, uh, yeah. There's no yeah. limit in that movie. It doesn't pretty, it doesn't pull any punches with him, mate. Eh? Just like <laughs> cause it also um, the the only the only thing that really hit home quite well, I thought, in the Freddie Mercury one was him just trying to keep a party going as a means to not feel alone. Oh, yeah. Okay. Have um, you seen it? Have I seen it? No, yeah, um, I have. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah when he, he sort of, it like shows him trying to party, trying to party, trying to party, and, and, and just no one can keep up with him and everyone has real lives to get back to it. And then he just sort like, of no, guys, starts looking on, yeah. for worse and worse people to party with him in order for him to be able to just keep partying. Yeah. Whereas in Rocket Man, it like reaches a um, like there's moments where he it seems all well and good, and he's uh, skyrocketing towards different levels of fame and reaching different benchmarks. And then um, his personal life, somebody just says something that completely destroys his self confidence as a human being, <laughs> like calls him just fat or useless, or like his partner slaps him in the face and tells him, "Don't ever fucking touch me." Um, because he oh. made the person he fell in love with his manager, and <laughs> then they just tr- started treating him like a commodity, uh, oh. keeping him coked up and shit. Um, 
and like he like he calls his mum to like finally come out to her as gay. Uh, like yeah. Halfway through the film, and she's just like, "Yeah, I know. You know, you're never really going to be loved, right? No one's really going to love you because you've made this choice." I mean, she's. It's not so much that she's angry about it, but she's just so flippant about that that comment. And just seems oh, entirely fuck. entirely bored by him even talking to her. What, what? But she's happy to take his money and all that kind of shit. And so he's just like what? he was expect he like works himself up to expect to have this massive argument with her over the phone and be like stand up for who he is as a real person. And she's just yeah. like, uh, yeah, I know, funny. but I like I don't love you any less because I could couldn't love you any less anyway because I don't care. Um, what? But no what? one, no one it else did, is gonna love did. you because. Oh, she it was a massive hypocrite as well because like she'd say that while clearly being alone and or just being unhappy herself or um, uh. talk about how oh you need to um, I I slave around this house all day and I I cook and I clean and I work hard while her mother is actually the one doing all the work around the house like his grandmother oh. who's the one who actually took him to his like piano lessons and then told him he he could do things and just give it a go and all that kind of shit it's like four. Oh. So and so naturally he goes in. Is that a thing? Is his is Elton John's mum just a real piece of shit? Yeah, pretty much. His dad, his dad was just as bad though. Like his um, dad was the um, would show up, but didn't really show any affection to his kid. Um, Barely showed any affection to anyone. Um, Couldn't quite tell if it was because of the war or something. He just came back and was completely closed off from everybody. But. like he takes an active interest in um, his father's record collection and grabs a record and says, "Can we play like what's this one?" And just like just grabs it from him gently and then just looks through him and says, "Don't ever touch my things without asking again." And then he just uh-huh. leaves. <laughs> it's like Jesus. Um, but like he goes, comes full circle when he's like in his thirties, successful and everything, goes to see his dad, and his dad started a new family, is super affectionate and really helpful with his family and his kids and everything. Um, oh, fuck. and but then goes on to never acknowledge how much of a shit father he was. He just like, can you sign some records for us? And he starts to write his name and everything. He's like, oh no, not not dad. I uh, just want it for Jerry. He works with me. He's a really big fan. It's like he, oh, did, he didn't even want his own son's signature <laughs> record when did... he's like the biggest star in the world. He just like couldn't give a shit. So I I guess my hopeful question is did. Elton John actually find people that were good to him in the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. He met um well his his writing partner, the one who wrote all the yeah. lyrics of the songs all the way through, except for like a little yeah. blip in the middle where they go their separate ways because of drugs. Um yeah. that's been his writing partner from day one. So that was like that was the Jamie Bell character. Jamie Bell. The other kid from Jumper, Billy Elliot. Oh yeah. Um so that was sustained, and then it just it reaches a point where he like decides he needs to get clean. He's still alive and everything, um, and then the movie ends, and then it just does the standard like Alton lives with his current partner with two children, blah blah, and just does that kind of montage end of oh, right. what the current day is like. But it opens with him like bursting into rehab uh, into like an AA meeting, dressed um, in like a sparkly red devil costume. Um, just deciding on a whim that, that that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to get clean. He needed to stop. And then the story just jumps back and forth as he's telling his story. And then it just oh. ends with him just leaving and deciding, yeah, he's 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 good. 
Oh, so it's really well done. It's really well crafted. And Jesus Christ, the dude knows how to play Elton John very well. The um, Taron Egerton dude, his voice is just on point. Whereas the Freddie Mercury dude just um, lip synced it the entire time. Yeah, they just they blended him sort of half singing with the real guy. Yeah. Whereas Sasha Baron Cohen probably could have sung. Like, he can yeah. sing quite well. He was what, in Sweeney Todd, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, um, I think. I I think with Sasha Baron Cohen you would have got Freddie Mercury. With Rami Malek, it felt more like a Freddie Mercury um, impersonation, if that makes sense. Which is weird to think about. You would have thought Sasha Baron Cohen would have been just doing an impression. Yeah, but Sasha Baron a, Cohen impressions feel like he's just become the person. Yeah. yeah. He's Peter Sellers, um, essentially, isn't he? he and like... I think maybe it's because Rami Malek is very small, but he doesn't I mean, the whole, every granted, you know, everything you hear about Freddie Mercury is basically curated by Brian May and the others but mm-hmm. um Everything you hear about Freddie Mercury was kind of once he got in the band and he started to come to terms with who he was, he really just turned a corner and became super charismatic. Mm, mm. He went from somebody that was super quiet and never said shit and seemed quite timid to somebody that was almost seemed untouchable. Mm. And I don't know whether I got that from Rami Malek's performance. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. With Elton uh, John... Maybe he, I'm skewed by Mr. Robot. He, he's just a normal button-up kind of kid until his um, until his mum gets a new boyfriend and um, he's a, like a greaser type. Like big right. Elvis kind of hair and listens to Elvis and everything and just like gives him a new haircut and makes him feel like a bit more like himself and just gives him this kind of like jazzy, um, bluesy... Show, showy kind of look and then yeah. by the time he's performing as a teenager and actually doing sets and gigs and stuff he's just wearing stupid costumes and just being himself not act- yeah. actively flamboyant for the sake of being flamboyant yeah. um, he hooks up with like a um, um, a singer and a, an American like a, a black guy uh, like loses his virginity to some dude um, on yeah. tour one time and when it comes back around, I think like a year later or something, and they're all hanging out together with his writing partner, and they're all just—he's talking about how he's um, engaged to this woman, uh, yeah. and the black guy he slept with. Like it's obviously it's like the, what the seventies. Um, yeah. It's not obviously not a good thing to be just out, but he, yeah. um, the, the black guy he slept with, who's just a part of the other like the big blues band or jazz band you're just like yeah but do you know your your writing your um your singer over there is a fucking fag <laughs> and everyone's just uh, like whoa like the the americans don't give a shit because they obviously know this dude is also gay so they don't care um yeah but he gets outed by the dude he 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 banged on the tour last time and then his writing uh, is like uh like i don't care but jesus okay um and then it's just uh, goes immediately into a scene of them getting way too drunk because he realizes he needs to break up with his girlfriend, who's um who's basically giving him a place to live. Oh um, shit! Is he um? Because the the I 
misunderstood. I thought his writing partner was also his husband. No, 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 no. That was never the case. Um, his writing partner's completely straight; has his own partner and everything. It's just yeah, they've been together since the start, essentially. Yeah, there was a but, moment where so, he tried to kiss his partner. His partner's like, "Nah." He's like, "I love, uh, I love you, man. Just not like that." He's like, "Okay." Yeah. Now go have sex with your wife. And he's like, fuck, okay. <laughs> it, it's played up to, to uh, the humor in it. It's really good. It's, it's really well done. Yeah. Really well written. Yeah. Would highly recommend. If you need something to, um, on a lighter, with a lighter, even though it's fucking dark in some places, it's a lighter mood compared to some of the other shit we tend to watch. There's <laughs> no, there's no zombie movie. Yeah. Um, I watched Lighthouse. Oh, yeah, speaking of a light, <laughs> yeah, speed of a light movie yeah. that's very homoerotic. <laughs> um, it's, it's nothing more sexual than Willem Dafoe in a lighthouse. But it just there is copious amounts of just scenes where either one of them is just retreating to his happy place to whack off. <laughs> I mean, what else it's, is there to do? I mean, I, I can't think of any movie that's had that many masturbation scenes. In. There's at least four. Hmm. Oh, sorry, I was just reading um, about all those. Yeah, I was, I was letting that hang. Yeah. I wasn't sure you were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Willem Dafoe basically implies that the lighthouse itself is his wife, and he he fucks it. He fucks that. He well, fucks he that he lighthouse. goes to the top of the lighthouse and he refuses to let. Um, Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson in the top. He locks it off. Well, everyone knows the and he top will go the up there and is... just strip naked and do something. Oh. Well, you know, everyone knows the top of the lighthouse is the clitoris. Like that's yeah. that's maritime law one oh one. Um and there is a scene too where he's standing below him trying to work out what he's doing and then just comes starts dripping down. No. Um yeah. And but mostly it's just it's it's really quaint. Mm. I'm not sure whether I think it's like it's definitely good. I just don't think it's the great movie I thought it was. It doesn't really take the path I thought it would. More than anything, it's just about the fact that the pair of them kind of go stir crazy. Mm. Oh, well, it was but, based. Uh, it was originally meant to be based on a um, a fragment of an Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, that that stalled when he was trying to get it made, so he just um, he evolved it into something slightly different. Okay. So it doesn't really have any resemblance to the story, except for the fact that it's set in a lighthouse and people go crazy. Yeah. Um, there's there's sort of there sort of is supernatural elements, but it's all very much implied that it's all in the head. That's not a result of supernatural stuff. Yeah. 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 It's the um, rats in the walls and the. Yeah, and like there's tentacles shown, like when he when he looks up at Willem Dafoe masturbating, you can see like Willem Dafoe is not touching himself. He appears to be getting blown by a tentacle. Right. Okay. Um, and Robert Pattinson keeps fantasizing about a um, a mermaid, mm. but she's 
she just sort of swaps between doing like seductive stuff and just laughing maniacally at him. <laughs> um, but it, on like his last day, I think what happens is it's actually quite hard to follow. I think Willem Dafoe um, gets him drunk so that he misses the boat on his last day and then they just get hit by a big storm and so no one can come and help him for an extended period of time. Um, But you can't tell, and neither can Robert Pattinson, which is part of the trouble for him, you can't tell whether Robert Pattinson is nuts or Willem Dafoe is nuts. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, they both disagree about how much time has passed since the movie started, basically. Um, and Willem Dafoe's solution to everything is basically that you can't stay on this island and stay sane without drinking heavily. Mm-hmm. So, like when they talk about rations and surviving, it's not real rations; it's just the, alcohol. It's not the yeah the food is fine and they mm. catch seafood and eat that all the time but it's the alcohol once they run out of alcohol that's when shit gets really dark and really weird yeah 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 okay and they start drinking I think whatever kerosene or spirits is used to keep the lamp going oh shit that's a really cool concept though that you've got to you've got to stay drunk to be able to um, keep your sanity about yeah. you and so it devolves into like am I actually crazy or am I just not yeah. Alive? And in the beginning, they'll they'll get drunk and they'll fuck with each other, but they keep they just laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once everything gets darker and weirder, they start yeah, fighting. And then um, yeah, like Robert Pattinson tries to escape, and then Willem Dafoe comes after him with an axe and destroys the only boat to get off the island. Though realistically, Robert Pattinson would have died if he had to try to leave. Mm. Um, he was just that fed up that that was what he was willing to contend with. Um, and then he beats the shit out of Willem Dafoe and then starts burying Willem Dafoe alive. This is another classic and Willem Dafoe piece where he just gets... Um, <laughs> this is a like, real quite hard to watch close-up of Willem Dafoe because he'll occasionally like speak random prose at him just to fuck with him. Right. So it's Willem Dafoe in a very shallow grave, which was dug for some other reason. Mm. But um, having dirt tipped on him by Robert Pattinson, which I mean it may not be, but because he's off screen, but that was what was supposed to be happening. Mm. Um, having dirt thrown on his face off a shovel, and um, Willem Dafoe's just acting straight through it. Jesus, okay. So you've got actual Willem Dafoe reading actual prose while dirt is dumping on his face and going in, in his actual mouth, nose, and eyes while he talks. <sighs> Fuck that it's, man, it's just brilliant. <laughs> just yeah. commits to the bit. And um, I couldn't tell from the accents until I actually started watching the movie, but there's sort of somewhere off New England or something. Yeah, it, it was filmed in Nova Scotia, which is, yeah, like... Slightly, oh, yeah. it's um, the Canada, but yeah, but um, Robert Pattinson's talking about. So he used to be a logging guy. That it sounds like it something is, similar happened, and yeah. he just fought a guy who he worked with until he killed him. Huh. 
It is um, um, it is based in yeah sorry it is set off the coast of New England so yeah ah okay yeah it's because um yeah, Robert Pattinson's got kind of a early American Irish accent right whereas Willem Dafoe's I want to say like vaguely Scottish just old sea captain. Vague twinge of American, you know, like he's an old enough that he'd be the type of American that still has his original accent from before he immigrated. Yeah, yeah, he was a whaler. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's he's either got a wooden leg or he's got a real bad limp, but he's yeah, it's, basically it, the sea you, captain from you, The Simpsons. What's that? Is he basically the sea captain from The Simpsons? Yeah, little bit. <laughs> but they um. They like you watch them go from Willem Dafoe treats him like shit as a new boss, mm. then they start to get more on friendly terms, then it evolves, then they kind of get too friendly, then they start to argue with each other, then they get darker, then everything gets really dark, then they have it off as people, then they get even darker, and then they have it off as just like two animals basically and then um, after he tries to bury him and then Willem Dafoe gets out and comes back after him with an axe Robert Pattinson ends him pretty quickly and easily mm. and then even though he's still pretty fucking injured himself decides the best thing to do now that he finally can do it is see what it was that Willem Dafoe was like coveting so much at the top of the lighthouse mm. and protecting. Mm. Goes up there, stares into the lighthouse. There's just like a full on kind of um, uh, what's the space odyssey level? Just Robert Pattinson staring into the refracting, weird mirrory light of the spinning lighthouse light, mm-hmm. and he's just like laugh he just lo- looks at it and then like his eyes open wide and then he starts laughing his head off and then he starts screaming and you see like his face looking kind of fucked up a bit and that just goes on for as long as it possibly can until eventually he just shrieks falls down rolls all the way down the staircase of the lighthouse crumpled as fuck at the bottom tries to stagger his way back out and then just sort of the like final extended scene is just him lying alive on some rocks in the ocean spray having been splayed out and being eaten by seagulls cool yeah it's and this entire thing is shot in like not even four by three like square is it black and white yes it is yeah okay Black and white, yeah, full-on square aspect ratio, like an old, old camera. Jesus. So it um, d- didn't end with him burning down the lighthouse and then realizing, no, I need to be the lighthouse <laughs> and becomes the new lighthouse. Because <laughs> that's the other <laughs> way I saw that coming. Just turns and looks at camera and light comes out of his mouth and he just starts spinning yeah. on the spot until eventually he grows and, like well, a just, tree into a giant lighthouse. It just slowly pans out of him um, having mangled himself within the gears of the um, of the lighthouse and becomes part of it. Like a Junji Ito kind of yeah. short story. Oh. 
Um, I feel like um, if you can go down routes like this and still have it work in this modern age, somebody should do an adaptation of Amnesia and Machine for Pigs. Say that again? You should do a what? Uh, uh, did I... Did I, did I stutter? No, no, I just didn't quite... Oh. Um, do a film adaptation of Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs. Oh, right. Yeah, fuck that. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, you don't want to see that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's just... Just the idea of a man realizing that he was the one who created this terrifying machine that turns people into pigs to keep commerce working because it's the only way he he could foresee humanity surviving after he had a vision on a Mayan temple of World War One and seeing the horrors of what the world was about to become. He figured the best way to do things was just to placate people and keep them from venturing into the world by giving them everything they need by feeding people to people to people to people forever and turning the entirety of London into some kind of weird Victorian gothic industrial meatworks yeah okay um, do you vision that as a TV series or a, or a movie no no just a movie it, it, it should be weird and quaint and like shot period appropriately yeah yeah I even you could do it as a silent film. Oh yeah. But just have the main character Mandis. Um, yeah, exactly the same as the game, basically. Because the thing about the game is it's so much of it, it is sort of fillery because it's trying to extend the experience out when really the actual game itself should be about twenty minutes long. <laughs> yeah, oh, hours, maybe yeah. two hours. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it sits at about six or seven. It's um, less of a game and more of just an experience featuring some gameplay mechanics. Yeah. yeah. Like, have you ever played Dear Esther? Uh, no. It's a video game where you literally just wake up on a beach, walk around an island, hearing, like... That's made by the same group, like... that's why. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it is. Um, the Chinese, Chinese room. room? Yeah. Yeah. Um walking around an island reading like audio logs and shit mm. or well, and hearing there is just it's a half-life two memories and stuff yeah oh. and you just walk around an island and then once you get to the end you climb up a lighthouse and at the end you just jump off the lighthouse and that's the end of the game cool <laughs> it's like a 45 minute experience so that's the kind of shit i wouldn't mind making those are, those are just cre- yeah. creepy um atmospheric um and the other thing about it, if I remember rightly, quite rightly, um, it was because it was Half Life engine, but it was in some parts felt borderline photorealistic. Oh, really? Because hmm. it's just one island. Yep. So they just so they could just time. spend horrifically long amounts of time making it look pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not super realistic, but it is for its time and very very deep pretty, yeah. depth of, depth of detail. Oh, yeah, I am looking at some screenshots now. I was like, oh yeah, for a it's just like a moody English island. Yeah, it's referred to as the original walking simulator. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. You see the lighthouse? That's where you climb at the end and then jump off and die. Nice. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, I could play that. It it gave rise to yeah the idea of games that. 
aren't specifically a part of a genre don't really involve that much interaction and more contemplative yeah. and then they end. It was just with the right moods, music. So have you not everything. played Machine for Pigs? No, I haven't. Ah, because, I, I mean, in terms of literary evolution, yeah, yeah, Machine for Pigs is the predecessor to um, Soma. Oh, okay. Uh, Crap. <laughs> um, no, I always remember seeing things for it. Because the Amnesia series is made by a company called Frictional Games. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at now, which was they did Machine for Pigs and then. Yeah, now Machine for Pigs was. Yes, Machine for Pigs was made by the Chinese Room. Released by Frictional Games. For Frictional. And Frictional then also released. No, sorry, that's right. Frictional made like three quarters of the game and then floundered. Yeah. And then the Chinese room came on board and helped them resurrect and finish the project. Mm. And because of that, they made, it made became some. less of a survival horror game like the first two Amnesias and more of a moody experiential game. Right. But yeah, the, the plot is you are a father that um, you, you're like a British aristocrat. You wake up in your mansion that's like filled with you know, things you've hunted in Africa that have been stuffed and put on the walls and everything's elegant and decadent. Um, and your two sons have been taken, twin, like, children. I mean, classic, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you've you've recently come back from somewhere in, like, South America and you've been to, like, you know, deepest, darkest Africa as well. Of course. Um, and in South America, you went into a Mayan temple and in the Mayan temple, you had yeah, a vision of what you thought was the apocalypse. It's actually World War I. Mm. Oh, um, that's cool. And the apocalypse, he sees the death of his two sons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, throughout the game, you're having, you're being talked to in like these audio log things through a telephone system. And a, a guy, the guy who created the machine that you're trying to shut down is speaking to you and explaining why he did what he did. He's the one that's taking your sons. Mm. Um, <coughs> but the you basically walk your way through London through some factories and you just get progressively deeper and deeper and, and you're following the different workings of this old, weird machine that's just... Like it's doing something so big, it actually yeah, it encompasses all of the ground under the city of London, right? Um, and it's like a sort of steampunkish machine that is so overly complicated. You know, like mate, no one person that would work on it would understand how it fundamentally works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you get down to the deepest parts of it, and it basically has like a giant steam chamber thing looking heart and it runs on some substance that you've discovered that um, it's I think it's called like compound X or something lame like that but it when you pump it into a room for, with a person and it, it basically starts to disintegrate them right the, um, um, it talks about like there's, you can read like logs and stuff of people talking about how they're 
you know, fingernails are falling off mm-hmm. and their teeth and now their gums don't really make sense and, and their body's wilting turning. and their yeah. skin is sloughing off and shit like that and it's just gross. But um yeah, you, you realise that this machine is basically a factory that creates these it sort of it creates pigs and some of the pigs are like worker pigs which maintain the machinery guard it and are sent into the city to like herd people into the machine mm-hmm. and the rest of the people that go through the machine are just turned into pigs and then they're butchered mm. and those pigs are then served to and sold to people in London to keep fed and yeah yeah basically the idea was trying to i think he was trying to feed and give london all the food it needed in order to kind of try and make it self-sufficient and so it would just exist on its own and not push further out in the wake of the apocalypse potentially as well yeah if the world falls london can still stand because yeah it's now what you realize when you come to the end of the game was that um you are both you and you are the voice that's talking to you throughout the game. Right. You are the man that created the machine. Nice. You killed your own sons because I think you needed someone to test it on. Yeah. Right. No, I think yeah. like the heart. If you when you go into the heart of the machine, he's built like a steampunk Mayan temple. Right. Okay. So which is really awesome to look at when you finally see it. Mm. It's kind of like a revelation at the end of the game. Um, I'm pretty sure he, his sons, like, I think they were sort of weird psychic-y twins, and I think something about their life force or something is used to help power the machine. Right. But also he just kills them as a precaution to save them from World War One. If I... If I... I suffocate so my like children in their sleep. Better off can not, hurt them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is the My plot. kids are better off if I just kill them than they are if they actually live to die the way I know they're going to die. So what do I remember to be Nicole Kidman's uh, motivation and the others? <laughs> did she murder yes. her family? She did, didn't she? Yes, you're right. Okay. Um, the voice of um, Daniel, the main character of these games, or at least the Dark Descent, is just a school teacher. In real life, really? yeah, yeah. There's um, I'm just on the Amnesia Wiki right now, um, and it's just got people. Machine for Pigs. The main character is called Mandus. Mandus. Oh yeah, like Doctor Saint. Like so, it's got all these people um, in the comments just talking about holy shit. Um, like, if I had known that a teacher at my school was the voice of this character, I would have like done like I would have gone to see him or something. All this other shit, and like it's like comments like, "Is he in prison?" I heard he's in prison now because he was part of some sort of um, some sort of scam. What? Um, he might have been. I don't know. It doesn't say go into too much detail, but either he was victim of a massive scam or uh, was po- possibly uh, associated with the people doing it. But he it says he talks talks about it in something something. Huh. Universe is yeah, expensive. Well, the the right? first two just cool. The f- what's that? Said the universe for this game and these games seem quite expansive. It's just there's quite a lot of content out there, which seems quite cool. 
the the first two are Cthulhu mythos. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you, I remember one of them. You have you read the diaries of this man who's been like meeting at night with these weird sort of men from space, and mm. they tell him they're going to take him to space with them. Mm. And like to take him to space, though a human body wouldn't survive, so they basically need to turn him into like a thinking, feeling brain in a jar. Oh no, Soma! And you are there reading his diary, and in front of you is the brain in the jar, which oh, is still completely alive. This. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, clearly not in space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just got gypped. That's a very Fallout kind of way to end things as well. Like reading about this, these things after the fact, I need to realize, oh no, no, it was just a brain in a jar. It was just a prank. Yeah. Um, like the, I don't know. That's such a ugly feeling to think about and try and feel. Mm. Um, the idea of, like, if if you could. Like if if you needed to go on a some sort of mission that involved putting your brain into say a robotic body, like would you do it or would you rather die? Uh, yeah, as much as I like the idea of just being plugged into a machine and just living in a simulation, or like you know removing myself from my own body to be able to live, I like the idea of that. But at the same time, it's like no, what no like. At least I, you can't trust. I it. mean, the big problem with digital existentialism is you don't go in there. Mm. A clone of you is created when a copy is made, and yep. then you're just killed. Yeah, but or I mean, at least if you your real brain else? was placed somewhere else, then theoretically you could argue you're still you, but mm. you just would be you without your body. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. And how would you associate? Like, what level of disassociation would you experience in that? Right, in in that. Yeah, Existence would your itself. brain reject the body? Would would you, but I don't know. Do you? How much of our personalities and what makes us us do you think relies on us feeling the physical constraints of our own bodies? I think quite a lot. Yeah, we're I, constantly I self-aware of it, right? Constantly looking into at ourselves in the mirror and or reminding ourselves of our own physical limitations and um, yeah, it's. There's a reason, like, touch is such an important sense as well. It's like we're, we're constantly feeling it ourselves in our own skin, not just the things that we're touching beyond us. It's like we're feeling ourselves at any given time. So if you, I feel like that would be severed, that connection would be gone. Or we'd start to create a, a, almost like a simulated version of that to cope with the fact that we aren't actually connected to any series of synapses in that way anymore or, or yeah. like nerves. It's like, I don't know. The more you think about it, the more you're like, Oh God, no. Imagine just being potentially plugged, like, at a, I mean, yeah. And then you delve into the thinking of like, are we already like that? Are we just, have we just been plugged in? And at some point we could just be unplugged and put somewhere else and like, we wouldn't know the difference. It's, yeah. It's the soul. Um, we'll save that for another episode. I think we'll wrap it up here. Yeah, we end on a high so. note. <laughs> <laughs>
for going to be um yeah this has been wide shot i've been yeah, your so host jesse he's been your host lighthouse um hold on before we go has yeah. war happened oh yeah let's find out has war happened um wait two Two minutes ago, three missiles hit west of Erbil Iraqi TV. Right, some more bombs have been dropped. Um, it's Iran's shooting. Two Iranian missiles landed in the village of Sudan in Erbil province. A third hit Bada Rashish district in neighboring Dahuk province. 176 confirmed dead in that plane crash, by the way. Um, airlines Iraq's now reroute around Iran. No shit. Pointed towards the Erbil base with the US coalition. Five missiles. Shit. So, that's, so did you know of the first um, set of missiles shot? Mm. They shot 15 and four failed. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, America. Um, it's American-made, baby. This is the Iraqis. Well, they they were running. To be fair, the Iranians would have bought their um, weapons from the Americans. Have been given <laughs> True, them they from are the probably Americans. American missiles. Well, it's, be- um, it's believed that um, not only did America sell weapons to Iraq or just give them weapons, but they also gave weapons to Israel to covertly sell to Iran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all a big circle here. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, but okay, I feel like, so. just a quick note, I feel like the last time we were like, holy shit, is thing, are things going to war? What's going on? Like, in reading these stories, I f- remember last time this happened, a number of years ago, looking online and going, hang on a second, NASA just quietly said they possibly found life on Mars. And now we've, we're, I'm seeing it again, I just went to stuff, because this is the first one that loaded. Um, yeah. Underneath the whole, like, Iran, 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 the next one's like, NASA finds possibly habit- uh, habitable planet. Like, hang on a second. Are they just trying to like <laughs> soften the fact they definitely have found aliens again? You sons of bitches! You did it. Oh no, I don't need to watch a NASA video. It's fine. Um, anyway, I thought you were playing us out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might steal that music, but yeah. Okay, so we're not at war yet, but things are continuing to escalate. Let's take a quick. So Iran is shooting at the Americans more. So. They're continuing to escalate. Yeah. What? Well, they have told Come. them, get the fuck out. Like, it's done. Get out of our country. And yeah, I'll... but... I mean, um, if you if you look historically... This is the conversation I was having with Dad, because Dad's very like... And he's quite right that um, Iran does basically the North Korea thing. Yeah. Every certain period of time, they toss their toys out of the playpen and bitch about being treated like shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's basically just a ploy. Same thing they do with their, oh, we're restarting our uranium enrichment. Yeah. But I mean, it's another. The longer we, it goes um, on, the more you think it's free it's... support from other nations. Yeah, but the longer it goes on, the more the more you do start to think, is it just America puppeteering the entire situation to self justify what it is they actually want to do? And. Uh... Well, I mean, if it is, it they will actually yeah. go to war eventually. But... Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, because this, I think this is the second time, right, in Trump's presidency that Iran has seemingly made war moves. Yeah, I think they did it quite early on. Yeah, though, let's remember that there is a tweet from Trump that said, they tried to make me invade Iran. And I said, no. I said, no, I don't want to do that or something like that. And he's talking about the US intelligence industry. Or the like, yeah, the yeah, Pentagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those weird, like, a snapshot in time of, wait, what? Should we not ask more? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what what was he talking about? Then? Yeah. What specific event did he just like accidentally save us from? Um, yeah. There's so many issues. Uh, so, so many compilations of just footage of Trump predicting his own behavior like 10 years in advance <laughs> like calling out obama for doing certain things that's or, or, right and, I saw or that. like saying he's never gonna do this or like whoever does this sort of thing is it this sort yeah. of person and then he later does it and says like it's always been a thing people do it this way it's normal yeah yeah i i get the sense that he sort of got there thought i'm just gonna end all you, the wars and then yeah some of these went, no no these wars are all here because we want them to be some of the photos that are coming out of these, um, the procession of his funeral and stuff, does, it really does seem like he's going to become their, like you said, their, their um, Castro or their... Like a Che Guevara. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, he, he was a real people's hero. I hope that the act of killing him isn't a rallying cry to unnecessary violence. I mean, it's yeah, already yeah, been around. Yeah, it's as, already caused a lot of random death. Yeah, I mean, as uh, shitty as they could be in power, doing what they do is just another, like, um, you know, ultra-religious Islam kind of mainstay in the world. It's like, it's no different, like, compared to what the alternative is, which is literal terrorism and actual, like, yeah. ISIS fighters controlling a country and just destroying it and, like, fucking with everyone. Um, you know, when you compare it to Western countries who have had religious leadership or like, relig- like zealots in control, it's like, well, as long as they're not zealots murdering innocent children and people and like trying to destabilize the entire world, they were just trying to exist as their own country in the same way that we've now got Pakistan, who's an Islam nation, like a Muslim nation that's just accepted as a country now. Like people aren't invading Pakistan to undo what Pakistan is. It's just well, a, like, I mean, it, Pakistan and is is literally the Palestine of India. Yeah, it's it's it was created by England. Yeah, same it's way. still heavily disputed. Like, it's still got all that controversy behind it. But like, fuck, what country wasn't just like claimed by another country, blocked out a certain block of land for a certain block of people, and it's all just yeah. yeah, I, guess, yeah. I think um, the the thing I never understand is why so many people are willing to blame this on Trump um yeah that's, that's like, exactly it's, it's, why he was put in that position so it's been yeah, perfectly if, if formulated you're around blaming around. the US Prime Minister, uh, President for wars you are, are intentionally misunderstanding how yeah people have been spoon feeding him misinformation they needed him to make a decision on something and they gave him the right sort of information in the right sort of way to get the decision yeah. they wanted out of him. 
to infuriate him enough to say, like, no, I want to do the most extreme thing in this circumstance, because I've seen the footage of what they did to our, um... Yeah, uh, he, he's a wrestling us. heel. Yeah. Like, look, look for the actual bad guy. But this is, yeah, this is George Bush and Donald Rumsfeld turned up to 100. Like, look for the Rumsfeld in the room, not the Trump. Yeah. Like, not... He's not the writer, he's the actor. Yeah, exactly. It's... Look for the Kissinger, the Not even that, he's the, a fucking patsy. Yeah. Yeah. Is it proper? Anyway, this has been wide shut. We'll let you go. The world at large is still not on fire, but it is. We all gonna die. We're gonna die. Hopefully uh, not us down here. We'll just choke on the fire fumes. Yeah. We love it. We really do. We don't. Um, save the planet, etc. This has been Wide Chat. We'll see you next time.